welcome to Warm and Fuzzy, a podcast dedicated to all things nostalgic. We review our favorite movies, TV shows, and talk about fun trends from our childhood. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your co-host, Shane. Hello and welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Um, today is episode eight, as much as we thought last <laughs> week <laughs> was episode eight. It was not. It is we this week. We really kept harping on about how we thought it was episode eight. Literally, we were like, the whole episode. Literally. We were like, oh my God, it's episode eight. And so then proud of us. Little did we know, in fact, it was not. Well, it was an amazing episode. Mm-hmm. Loved doing that. Yeah. Um, but we are back this week for episode eight, actual episode eight, and we are going to be talking about the iconic Halloween. Halloween, baby. Um, but before we get into it, yeah, let's let's chat a little bit about let's chat, let's chit chat our lives. How was your week? Cute. Um, my week was good. So as you know, it was like easing of restrictions, like the first weekend of like easing of restrictions. So I definitely filled my social cup. Um, yes. Are you exhausted? I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I'm so exhausted. I'm eternally exhausted. And then, like I have even more events this weekend. So Oof. I'm just trying to make sure I space them out though. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm just trying to make sure I like don't emotionally output more than I can take, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and, I d- and I am a person that thrives off social interaction to an extent. And mm. then I'm just like, oh. You need your me time still. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where like I think it takes a while for me to get to the social interaction. But then once I'm there, like I'm good, mm. you know? Um, but I was quietly like a little bit hesitant to like – Say yes overcommit to myself and right. yeah, say yes okay. to things. Um, Did you like go to restaurants? I went to um, the Mayflower and then on Saturday night I went to Dalo Bar. Oh, cute. So keeping it in the neighborhood. Oh my gosh, yeah. bar. Yeah, I know. It was really nice. Like all you can do is sit down and get a drink, but like it was great to just like sit there, enjoy mm. the vibes. Um, yeah, it was great. How's your week been? Oh, it's been all right. I mean, not free yet, but, yeah. you know, getting there. You're almost there. there. Almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been good. Just like, <laughs> I'm so boring. I'm like, just been working, pottering around the house. Dead. Um, But like, the when I was having one of my sad bitch days, I bought all these <laughs> homewares. Oh my and, God, I love that. Um, some of them arrived early. Remember okay. like the squeegee, which yes. I've not spoken about yet, but. I bought this squeegee, two of them, from Amazon. We both have the squeegee. We both have it. Yeah, I copied um, you. Because I told you it was the most amazing squeegee I've ever used in my life. And so anybody who has a glass shower door, you need this squeegee. Mm-hmm. Um, it is basically an iron inside. Yeah. And then it's got silicon, black silicon, all the way around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels like my Skinny Confidential Ice Roller. <laughs> <laughs> It's very chic. It's also not the kind of material that's going to get super moldy. Yeah, which um, we love. And it is just so freaking good at cleaning the shower. It is amazing. My favorite thing about it, I'm not even going to lie, is the hook. The hook. The hook. Yes. So it comes with an over the shower, over the door, over the screen hook. That's also made of silicone. That's also made of silicone that holds it. Yeah. Like... Gone are the days where I would just like chuck my leave it on the ground. Leave it on the ground. Yep. Like it just looks so neat and so tidy. It's so tidy. And it gives you like beautiful, like it's a beautiful weight. Yes. That allows you to like, yeah, just effortlessly like actually clean and clean it, the, I clean the tiles as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and it just like collects the water like so easily. It's yeah. so good. I have like 
the way my shower is, is it's like a wet room. Yeah. So it's really like wet rooms are such a double-edged sword because like I always like there's so much water there's that so comes much. out of the right. shower. It's like aesthetically super pleasing, but like not very practical. Mm. So I always end up having to like, yeah, squeegee the ground. Yeah. So like I don't slip and die. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'm obsessed with the squeegee. Oh my God, it's so good. So you say squeegee and I say squeegee. Squeegee. You I used squeegee. to say squeegee when I was a child, I think, but now I say squeegee. Oop. <laughs> I'm a child. You're a child. Yeah. Um, so I got that. And then I also had like two other pieces that were super delayed and they just arrived the other day. So I've been living my best life with those. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it's literally just placemats and a water jug. But like I've that. never drank so much water in my life. I miss my Mason Balzac um, carafe because oh. I feel like I just drank so much more water. What did you do? Um, it's lost. I don't know where <gasps> I've put it. Oh my yeah. god! It got lost somewhere between Edgecliff and Double Bay. Oh, that is heartbreaking. Yeah. So I was obsessed with it, loved it, and it's gone. But I'm gonna get another one. And so the water jug that I got, um, I couldn't remember the name of the designer. Um, so I just like typed in squiggle jug and I found this one, but it was like a hella knockoff of it. And I was <gasps> like, you know what? It's fine. You need to show me so I can copy you again. Yeah, because like squiggle, <laughs> squiggle stuff is trendy. It's trendy. And yeah. And then I remembered the name of the designer and I looked it up and it was like $300. And I was like, well, I wasn't going to buy it anyway. So. No. Like <laughs> I'm definitely the same as you in that sense where I'm like trend items are just something I can't invest in. Mm-hmm. Like if I can find a cheaper alternative, I'm sorry, designer that made it. Yeah, exactly. But like I'm going yeah. for the cheaper alternative. Totally. Like I'm sorry. I'm a struggling publicist exactly. yeah. <laughs> not really but like yeah i'm, I'm a struggling content creator literally you're a struggling con- <laughs> you're a struggling creative we're both struggling creatives there we go. yeah um yeah so i'm definitely a like fan of buying the knockoff where possible so what have you been watching this week um i don't know if you've seen the i believe it's on netflix the netflix show made m-a-i-d yes with um margaret qualley yes did you know that like their mother and daughter in real life the mum and like ah my mind's blown because i remember her from uh quentin tarantino's movie once upon a time in hollywood oh yeah um yeah and she's in that okay yeah she's got like a little bit part in it and she was so like cute and like sexy and sassy and i was like you're amazing and then i found out she was andy mcdowell's daughter I love it. And she was what was the show she was on in the nineties? Andy, Andy McDowell. McDowell. I don't remember. I remember her from Groundhog Day and okay. from all of the Clairol ads. I feel where like she it's, was dying her hair. Yes. I feel like it starts with P. It's like Providence or Oh yeah, maybe Providence was a TV show. Something. Yeah. It's something like that. And she's like on it. Huh. Yeah. She's like that? the main character. But she's like nineties iconic actress. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Is she for for weddings and a funeral? With Hugh Grant, I think maybe she is. question mark. Yeah, I remember yeah. Groundhog Day. Yeah, sure. iconic. Yeah. Groundhog mm. Day is iconic. Um, yes, yeah, such a good show. Yeah, and really like makes you think about like I guess this kind of ties in to last week's like practical magic. Makes you really think about like domestic violence and how like it affects someone and like the ebbs and flows of that experience. Mm-hmm. So. It's, it's like very polarizing and like very interesting, but I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, my standard like Real Housewives, it's um, the reunion of season, I think 11 yeah. of Beverly Hills. And it's like popping 
off. This is the annoying thing about me not being up to date with yeah. the Housewives is all I want to watch is reunion episodes, but I have to like, do I have to like actually sit through you know each what? of the seasons? I would say... Because I'm so over season six or whichever yeah. season I'm I in. I would just say watch, is that the one with like the random Puerto Rican... No, no, I oh, finished Joyce? that one. No, okay. Joyce is out. Oh, it's oh, already right. like... Is that um, the witchy lady? Or was she... Carlton was out. on the same Carlton season. Carlton was the same season I okay. loved. Okay, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Did you um, like Carlton? I liked her. No, I thought she was bitchy, but I liked the fact that she was a witch. Yeah, that's. I think that's why I liked yeah. her. Um, but I'm in the season with... Is it Irene? No, that's not her name. But the one from like Days of Our Lives or whatever. Oh, Eileen. Eileen. And Eileen and Lisa. Lisa's yeah. just come on. Yeah. So Rina's okay. Come on and Eileen. So what are your What are your initial opinions of Rina and Eileen? Um, Eileen, I don't mind her. Yeah, I you know she's it. she's very just like on the outside, kind of looking in like these bitches are crazy. Totally, she's like the sane one of mm-hmm. the group. I hated Rina the yeah. first season. Like despised her. I thought she was such. An attention seeker. Yeah, such a piece mm. of work. And, like, I guess she is an attention seeker. That's very much she her is, brand now. Yeah. She's refined it, though, since season six. I'm just, like, every time I start the episode that I cannot seem to finish, it's always revolving around um, Kim and Brandy and, like, how Kim's, like, a little bit off. Yeah. And, like, how she seems like she's back, you know, on substances. Yeah. And then Brandy. She's relapsed. Yeah, she's relapsed. And it's just, like, I cannot seem to push through the drama there. And that's why I get tired and, like, stop it. See, I thought that was really iconic. Yeah. Like, I thought that season was, like, because that season, the dynamics really changed from there on out. Mm. I think for the better, but that season was, like... There were so many things that were great about it and so many things that were wrong. There was like, has have you seen Brandy like push um, Kyle like down the stairs yet? Like she like oh. pushes. It's not like it's like yeah. a couple of stairs. Well, like she's she thrown water back. at Eileen, but nothing. Oh, like yep. That. In the face. Yep. Yeah, yep. So, yep. yeah. Um, so you think I should just keep pushing through this season? Just like watch watch the reunion watch mm. the reunions yeah because like, i've just like dipped back into the kardashians in like the okay. season where true is born and i was like i like how i can just dip in and out of that show yeah um yeah. but i find that not as exhausting to watch totally the kardashians are coming back with another season on right hulu. on hulu mm-hmm. instead of yeah e i think it must have been like a creative control thing on e because yeah. i know they haven't spoken out about it or maybe they haven't i don't realize mm. but um it must have been a creative control thing because, like, it, what they were kind of saying was true. Like, if you watch the reunion at the end of, like, the last season, they essentially say, like, well, we kind of thought, like, by the time the show's rolled around, like, everything's – that's, like, months in the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I guess the good thing about the beginning of the show is, like, social media wasn't as big. Mm. So – those things were kind of happening like in real time to us, but yeah, already. we didn't know what was happening in their personal lives. That's right, lives. but we're yeah. long gone. And then, like, obviously, the paparazzo took over, and like, we now know when like Kim Kardashian blinks. You know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I think in that sense, like, they probably just wanted a little bit more autonomy over the show, and like, wanted to churn it out a little bit faster. Yeah, and maybe to also tell the stories that they want to tell. Totally. Yeah. Versus like being boxed into a certain specific you know formula what i mean topic or formula yeah. totally yeah um talking about the kardashians though yes courtney and travis yeah somewhere scott is throwing up on himself i know literally um well. i'll never get over that dm that he sent to eunice yeah eunice yeah. courtney's ex and like was talking shit like 
You're so desperado. Yeah. Scott Disick needs to move on. He's like, got so much like baggage and he's just such a loser. He also <laughs> looks like really sickly. I think yeah. like the, the further we get into the seasons, the more like sickly and like weird he looks. I don't know. He looks like very gaunt, don't you yeah. think? Like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, but I don't know. But that like engagement epic it was so epic. public though seeing all of the like the camera literally in the circle with them and very unlike courtney yeah that's what i was saying yeah. to lauren from centennial beauty yeah um because yeah. she posted the photo and i was like it is so public that is so not like courtney was the one who was like i don't want to be in the public eye like yeah. everything is private 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 courtney and kylie were like the first two to kind of like throw their hands up and say that they didn't want to be in the show anymore yeah, yeah. and then yeah. now she's with travis and it's all public but i feel like maybe that's a sign of like a healthy happy relationship is that she doesn't care who sees she doesn't care who sees and she doesn't yeah. care who judges yeah, yeah. she's just yeah. happy her social media presence has been a lot more like transparent mm-hmm. i think versus like hocking a push article you know what i yeah, mean like, exactly like this yeah. is more just like fun and she just she's so in love she's yeah so happy do you ever go on push um sometimes i do but i haven't for a little while yeah i'm the same i think i like pop in and out of it Mm. but like i do enjoy it when i'm on it i do as well like if i'm like doom scrolling i'll sometimes go to the push website yeah if i've looked at everything on goop yeah it's Mm. funny how like like how did courtney not think like goop push like she knew it was the same yeah that would be the whole reason why she did it totally to jump on the wellness yeah 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 Hundred percent. Um, but congratulations to them. It's super exciting. Exactly. I can't wait to see the wedding. Yeah. I wonder what it's gonna be like. I know. And Courtney's never been married. Yeah, and it's wild because then that means that, you know, like this is perhaps this means that this is really like the like her true love because she's never gotten married before. So That's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Exciting. I'm happy for them. Me too. Yeah. Me too. So shall we get into the movie? Let's kick it off, baby. Amazing. So Halloween is such an iconic film. It was released in 1978, mm-hmm. directed by and scored by and... Written sc- by as well. And written by John Carpenter in yep. collaboration with his then partner, Deborah Hill. Iconic duo. And then they collaborated a few more times on other movies as well, okay. I believe. I know they had done, and you see a shout out to it in the actual movie, mm-hmm. um, The Thing, which oh, is like okay. another like iconic. Yeah. That's the giant blob, right? I think so, yeah. 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 I'm just, like I'm literally like, my head is winding back to season what three of charmed where there's like that episode dedicated to, to the like killers in yeah. horror movies. Yeah. Scurry. <laughs> um, big, what's it? Fear Street or whatever. Fear big Street. Fear Street. Fear Street? No, Fear no. Street is um, Arl Stein. No, but I mean like very much that energy where like the killers come back to life. Oh, okay. Energy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? I still haven't watched that. Oh, really? Yeah, no. <gasps> I told you, you I, read, to I read the Fear Street saga, the books before that are about the Fear family. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you need right. to watch. I think it's actually probably one of my favorite like kind of horror yeah slash slasher themed supernatural movies i've seen in a while and i wanted to hate it but i didn't yeah and i was like itching to watch the other episodes i don't know if it was like peak lockdown and i was just like oh my god i need something new to watch but i loved it i'm into the nostalgia so why not yeah um so the film was rated r Mm -hmm. and it got a whopping 96 percent on rotten tomatoes whoa hectic that's wild yeah 
Do you think it is a lot of, you know, like nostalgia around the film though and being that it was like the first, like one of the first slasher films and, you know, like the score was so iconic? Yeah. I think for me, obviously, like from the offset, like watching it, I'm just like, we have a different standard of film, right? Mm -hmm. We have to, but we also have to keep in mind, A, it's 1978. This movie was shot in like 20 days, Mm -hmm. which is wild and we can... Delve deeper in that later. Um, It's an independent film. And the quality of film in that era, just not what we're used to, right? Like in the quality of like plots and storylines. Like I just think things in in like the 60s, 70s and farther back, they just weren't, didn't have to be as complex Mm -hmm. as things are today because there was so little to choose from you know what i mean and like a lot of these a lot of these movies were like building the blocks so like other movies such as scream Mm. you know versus halloween like halloween walked so scream could run yeah you know what i mean like scream in many ways is just an iteration of halloween i think 96 on Modern Tomatoes, I think they did a fantastic job with what they had. Um, some of the shots and stuff, which like we can also dive into later, just like I found them quite hilarious more than anything. Like I didn't find them scary. Yeah. I was like mentally preparing myself. Like I was texting you today that I was mentally preparing myself for having to watch it because yeah. I was thinking that it would be as scary as The Exorcist mm-hmm. was for me and still is for me. Um, I've seen Halloween before, but it had been years and years. And yeah, it was like, I was fine. I wasn't like jumping off my seat or anything like that. I wasn't scared to look around the corner. Um, but I think that it was like for its time and like for what it did for the genre as a whole, it is amazing. It's a great film. It was one of the first slasher films. And I would agree that the score is so iconic. Like the way that they like set you up to just feel so much anxiety like yeah like what could be ha- what's around the corner like what is around the corner of that bush like mm-hmm. is something behind them just that what what is it what instrument is that, that like, like that like yeah that literally gives yeah. me so much anxiety just yeah. like thinking about it I agree. I just think it was like so beautifully crafted in that regard. And like they had a little and it went a really long way. Yeah. You Um, know? Quite funny though that you don't, it's like 30 minutes left of the film and that's when the action kicks in. Yeah. It's just so much build up and I'm like, It's very thriller. Like I wouldn't even really call it like a horror movie. I wouldn't really Mm. class it in the horror genre. I would very much class it as like a thriller in many ways. At least the original. I do think that kind of rhetoric changes as the movies progress in time. Like Mm. it becomes a lot more like horror-esque. I think like Michael Myers becomes a little bit more um, like gruesome. Like the mask is like a little bit more weathered. and. um, Yeah, and, like, also, it's wild because when you think about it, he, like, Michael Myers is only 21 in this movie. Oh, right, 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 because he's been, he went to the asylum. He went to the asylum. He was, was and he was in there for 15 15 years. years. Yeah, so he's only 21. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I thought it was, like, 
I mean, this is also speaking to the time period that we're in, but like how they kind of perpetuate this fear, this irrational fear of mentally ill people. Yeah. Like, and I suppose we can talk about this more in depth a little bit later on, but it's just like watching and I'm like, this man is very sick. And obviously there's like a very small percentage of people who are actually, you know, killers Mm -hmm. who have an illness, but it's like this influenced, like terrified so many people into thinking that somebody who's got like psychopathy or, you know, some kind of like disorder that they could just kill them. Yeah, I think... It does, like, paint a very negative picture. These are things we're learning Mm. as society progresses and we're adapting to and, like, making them better. But it does almost make, like, insane asylums or mental asylums, whatever you want to call them, it makes you, like, really fearful of them as well. Like, you're just like, oh, my God, what the fuck goes on in there? You know what I mean? Same as in, what, Batman? Like, Arkham Asylum? Arkham Asylum, like... Yeah. They really make it some place to be terrified of. There is this ongoing, like, rhetoric, now that you mention it, in film where, like, these people that go to, like, asylums and, Mm. like, mental health wards or, like, whatnot, like, they really are made out to be these really awful, dark places with filled with, like, even darker people. Yeah, and just, but evil, evil people. Evil places, Because, you know, like, some some of those places can be, you know, I imagine quite dark and, you know, scary. Yeah. Um, but not everybody's a psychopath killer. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Um, okay. So let's talk about Jamie Lee Curtis. So she plays the role of Laurie. Yeah. Um, Queen Jamie Lee in mm-hmm. one of her very first, would it be one of her very first roles? It was her first role. Right. So um, her mum, Janet Lee, mm-hmm. and Janet Lee was in Psycho. So this was like. It's like fulfilling a prophecy. Yeah. yeah. So Psycho is like. Of its time, like, it was, like, an iconic, um, it was an iconic, like, I guess, thriller horror movie. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis is um, Janet Lee's daughter. So this was, like, kind of her psycho yeah. moment, um, which is, I love. Is Psycho Alfred Hitchcock? Yes. Okay, because then that's where the influence, not influence, but that's when the similarity of the score comes in. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, with the shower curtain. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's her mum. Yeah. So John Carpenter says he's like incredibly inspired by Alfred Hitchcock, mm. which is why he signed Jamie Lee onto the movie because there were other actresses that he was okay. looking at yeah. for the role. And then, yeah, once Jamie Lee, um, I think, auditioned, he was like, that's it. I think she had like three or four auditions she before she it passed. Out of the park. Yeah, good. and then she killed it. Yeah. Um, and she's also Tony Curtis's daughter as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Iconic actor. An iconic family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's amazing. And you really see it when she's kind of like, I would say like in the beginnings when she's kind of like really sus about, I'm thinking about this one scene where she spots him behind a bush. Yeah. Like at the very beginning. Yes. When she's walking home with her friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also at the peak of the film when she's kind of hiding in the closet or like she's getting scared about all the bodies like popping up around her mm-hmm. and you just really see like her kind of acting chops come in. Yeah. And like anybody could scream and cry and run away from something and that's why as horror movies like kind of went on, that's where you would get like the not so great actors because mm-hmm. all they would do is like scream and run and get killed. Yeah. She doesn't just do that. No. Yeah. She gives the character a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think one thing to note as well, Jamie Lee Curtis is actually like the only teenager out of all of her teenage friends. She was still a teenager while filming the movie. Really? Because she looks so mature. She does look so mature, right? And I was just like, I was actually saying to Josh the other night when we were watching the movie, I was like, she must be in her 20s here. Yeah. But she was still a teenager. So she was only like 17 or 18, I think. That's crazy. And then you have a little Kyle Richards as well. Yeah, little baby Kyle. She's so cute. um, As Lindsay is her name, correct? Right? Lindsay and Billy. Mm -hmm. um, The little babies. But... Such a stellar cast. Um, Jamie Lee alone, like, really holds the fort for everyone. She's great. Yeah. She's yeah. really good. And goes on to be such an iconic act- actress as well, yeah. you know. Jamie Lee's one of those people where, like, she can play, like, serious roles, but she can also be, like, sexy and sultry and, like... Yes. Um, true. Is it True Lies? Yeah, True yeah. Lies. Well, I always think of her in that, like, bed scene in True Lies when she's, like pole dancing on like this yes yeah yeah, and just like body yeah stunning like and she wears and she like for a lot of her career has quite like short hair hair, so like she is like very androgynous in like many ways she's got this like incredibly like womanly feminine body figure like i love the polarizing like i love the change like in that it's so like yeah, I love it. I love Jamie. Well, women Lee. can be sexy with short That's hair right. as well. And That's I love right. That. From a budget perspective, um, as I said earlier, this was an independent film. The budget was three hundred thousand dollars, which Ooh. for a film is like pennies. Wow. Um, and the film went on to gross forty-seven million dollars in the U.S. box office. Oh my um, gosh. That would be the equivalent of upwards of a hundred and fifty million dollars wow. today. That's incredible. That's huge. Like. The earnings off that, incredible. Um, And it makes, like, Halloween one of the most successful independent films of all time. Would John Carpenter have gotten additional royalties for the film after? After the fact? Yeah, because he only got paid 10K. Really? (laughs) To write, direct and score the film. He only got paid $10,000. Stop, I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Surely, I think you must get, like, it was an independent film, so I would assume... You'd continue to make money from it? I I would assume most of the profits would go direct, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I bloody well hope so, because we've got how many, like, other movies since then. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's wild. Crazy. Um, So, the film itself, I mean, it was... They say influenced by um, a 1974 film called Black Christmas. Yeah. And so that was one of the first slasher films. And it was written by somebody else. um, And it's based on an urban legend about the babysitter who receives calls about checking on the children. Do you know that? Urban legend? No. So you remember like Freaky Stories or Urban... There was a TV show that we used to watch on ABC. Freaky Stories for gruesome kids or whatever, right? Yeah, and they would tell us about urban legends. Yeah. So there was one about like a babysitter who gets phone calls and they're like, check on the children, check on the children. (gasps) Creepy, I have chills Yeah, and she doesn't, she ignores it. And then um, she calls the police after a few more calls and they're like, get out of the house right now. So she gets out of the house. The cops arrive and then they discovered that somebody has killed the children upstairs. And so it was the killer calling her. And they were waiting for her to go upstairs. Yeah, yeah so they could kill her. So they could kill her. And then her. there's like variations on that urban legend. Oh so my God. this movie Black Christmas was sort of based around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, also some murders that happened in Canada, I think. And 
I guess John Carpenter was sort of inspired by that and kind of wanted to make an almost sequel. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the killer gets caught, the killer goes to a mental institution, gets released and then comes back to the town to like enact revenge or whatever. He ended up making a a story that was different to that. In many ways. In many ways, right. But he was sort of influenced by that Black Christmas movie, which is really interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then it was also, Halloween was originally called The babysitter murders yes because the people who found john carpenter and kind of picked him (laughs) to create the film they wanted it to be about a psychotic um killer who attacked babysitters basically so they then um changed the name obviously to halloween Mm -hmm. um but it was kind of it's that a horror movie had never been set on halloween night before yeah so then they wanted to make it obviously about that and then set it and call it halloween um which works And I guess, like, it works as well in the sense that, like, you know, Michael Myers is in a costume to -hmm. some extent. The way they found the mask. So they essentially took, like, a Captain Kirk um, mask that they found for, like, $2 at a costume store. And they, like, stretched it and painted it white. Um, It was between that and a clown mask. Mm. And they just loved, like, the lifelessness in the eyes of the Captain Kirk mask, which yeah. is why they kind of decided to go with that. And they bloody well got and it. And they crazy. got it, yeah, because it's for a reiki deiki. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, like, little fact. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought was really interesting when I was doing my research is um, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill um, have stated many times over the years that they didn't consciously set out to depict virginity as a way of defeating a rampaging killer. Oh. Um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> so, you know, throughout the movie, we obviously see her friends. Um, we hooking see Jen- up, yeah, taking drugs, hooking up, smoking. taking drugs, smoking, yeah. like doing all these things like 70s teens were doing, you know, the 70s is well known for being like the period for like experimental drugs and mm. um, kind of the beginning of that like, phase of um life hippie vibes you know then they've just said like they were literally like the reason why the teens got killed is because they were too haunty they were too busy like wanting to fuck around and do like crazy stuff that like they didn't notice the killer was there the whole Mm. time and they're like the only reason like jamie lee realizes because she was so alert from being alone and being with the kids right she was alert and she was able to like actively pay attention to her surroundings that's interesting so i mean you could also say that so this is something that i read about michael myers is that he isn't necessarily going after teenagers who are you know sinning as it were like having sex and you know drinking and taking drugs or whatever it's more so that he is going after the teens who are shirking responsibility okay the way that his sister did when she was babysitting him i was gonna say because a lot of the ways in which especially like that second murder when he kills the girl Mm. i feel like she dies very much in the same way like his sister did his sister had just like had she was sex hooking with up. her partner. She was hooking up with yeah. a boy, yeah. not looking after her sister or, you know, like as Michael's sister wasn't looking after him. Yeah. Because isn't she Lindsay's older sister or is she babysitting Lindsay? She's it's not Annie, but she talks about Lindsay being in the house. Kyle Richards. Oh. Yeah. So she might have been her older sister or something. Oh, the girl. The blonde girl. Yeah. So oh, no, 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 no. I think she just like... 
knows the child. Knows the child and because she, she goes and house. hooks up there. Right. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Oh my God. They're, they're of no relation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like he just seems to go after these people who are just kind of shirking responsibility and like Jamie Lee or Laurie is meant to be like a beacon of responsibility. Yeah. But then he ends up attacking her because he sees those moments where she's just kind of acting like a regular teenager. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. When she's like, token up in the car and stuff like yeah, that yeah just having a good time love that um i have to give jamie lee curtis props for her screams yeah of some press i have to ask and i need to look into this further and like i'm shooting myself for not doing it now like i'm kicking myself for not doing it the screams in the movie i wonder if they're like post recorded because from they like were a soundboard yeah from like a sound but not like specifically from a soundboard maybe they're like re-recorded mm. like in a sound, in a sound studio booth, like yeah. yeah yeah because maybe like the boom mics just weren't good enough mm. in that era to like yeah. pick up screens all the, sound. all the yeah, sounds yeah. all the sound like from that quality um maybe yeah we'll i don't know i want to look into it mm. but i think that was something that i always noticed throughout the movie i was like oh their screams are always dubbed because yeah. like they wouldn't like a hundred percent match up um um, Annie also had quite good screams as well. Yes. Yeah, she was yep, good. Yep, yep. I think because I was just like, why are these people... Uh, this is me every time I'm watching a horror movie. I'm like, why are they not screaming? Yeah. Just scream. Yeah. But Laurie screams. Yeah. Mm. I will say the screams are quite toned muted down. and toned down versus mm-hmm. like you're now like, you know what I mean? Like... Like a full-on proper Hollywood horror scream. Yeah. yeah. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is probably like the original scream queen, right? Mm-hmm. Like where like she's probably the first, but there's so many that have come after that yeah. where, that are like wild. So, yeah, interesting. I will say <laughs> some of the deaths. I'm, I was I know they about weren't, to talk about that. I know they weren't supposed to be funny, yeah. but the, the girl that dies the in the car. Yeah. Yes, when she crosses, she crosses her, her eyes. eyes. Uh, <laughs> I was just like... Are you serious? Like, yeah. is that supposed to be like? It was so unbelievable. Yeah. I'm just like, girl, no and one then she, dies like, like brings that. Brings her tongue back into her mouth and then dies. Yeah. like before her head slumps down. Yeah, it's so funny. It was so it's so random. Good. Yeah. yeah, and then her like the second she opened that door though, and yeah. like I noticed it was unlocked. I was like. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god you gonna die girl and then um when laurie finds her blonde friend in the closet and she's also got like crossed eyes yeah. and like her tongue's out it's like this is why horror movies get so much shit for bad acting because the actresses is just like so dramatic because of like, this yeah i have in my notes annie dying scene lol <laughs> it's like so hilarious yeah yeah such her, a joke and annie just in general is a hot mess yeah. Um, oh, I do love how she changes into like the men's shirt. The cute men's shirt. I was like, oh, that's yeah. very Sex in the City. Yeah. Like Carrie staying at Big's house and then she yeah. puts on his shirt the next day. You also love, you love like a cute like... Menswear shirt men's moment. Menswear shirt moment. Yes. Because I was like, I would, t- I totally wore that when I was yeah. like 19. 100%. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. We love, love it. Love it. I know. I love the fashion in this movie. Like Jamie Lee's like wide leg jeans because it's yeah. very 70s and I just, yeah. I love that style. I was going to say, you know, a lot of the actresses and actors dress themselves for the movie. So oh, there really? was like no wardrobe budget. Um, Jamie Lee went in an interview. She said she got like most of her outfits for like under a hundred dollars. That's mad. Yeah. At JC Penny. Yeah. So shout out to JC Penny. JC Penny with um, those wide leg jeans and the like satiny blouse, like in the baby yeah. blue. Oof. So, so good. cute. Love it. Um and like, yeah, that was probably like the beginning of jeans being worn like 
more popularly, right? Like, would have been the 60s, 70s. I think so. I don't know. Wide Legs is yeah. definitely, like, would have been the 70s. Of that era, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But, yeah. Um, yeah, jeans, because before that, I mean, I remember when jeans... I don't remember because I was not there, but when jeans were just worn by farmers, like people yeah. working out in the fields and stuff because of that tough Because it had longevity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I suppose, was it like je- like 60s or 70s? Yeah. I would say it would have been 60s, popular. 70s, like Twiggy vibes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, going back to some of the inspiration behind Halloween itself, you don't necessarily see this in the first movie, but more so in the sequels. Mm-hmm. It's more about like Halloween or All Hallows Eve and Samhain. Is it Samhain or Samhain? Samhain. I don't know. Sam, what, what is that? Um, Samhain is a is like the figure in like paganism. Okay. Something to do with Halloween. I'm trying to think about like a, an episode of Supernatural that I saw where I can quote it, but it's not coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it wild how like, sorry, before you jump in, all like Christian religions are based on like pagan. Mm, pagan rituals. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was to assimilate people. Just saying. Mm, Continue. Interesting. <laughs> Um, and it's around like the idea that you can't kill evil and that was how they kind of came up with the story. Okay. Yeah. And that's like the one night that evil Yes. And so they say we went back to the old idea of Samhain that Halloween was the night where all the souls are let out to wreak havoc on the living and then came up with the story of uh, the most evil kid who ever lived. And then John came up with this fable of a town with a dark secret of someone who once lived there. And now that evil has come back and that's what made Halloween work. It's funny because I do really think talking about Halloween, I feel like it really does set the tone for like Halloween as a day. Uh, um, okay, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like you would dress up as like a ghost or like, you know, I think like moving into like murderer for halloween (laughs) yeah it's very different it's very different it's so dark yeah Yeah. even like you see like you actually don't see any kids trick-or-treating do you in the movie yes you do when uh laurie hears some screams or annie hears some screams and then she looks and it's some kids who are coming out oh yes 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 that's kind of the only time you see the kids trick-or-treating yeah but then when laurie needs help and she's screaming for help people turn off their lights they don't want to help her my favorite (laughs) my favorite bit is when she throws the entire pot plant at billy's window <laughs> to get his attention, oh my God. <laughs> and then he like rubs his eyes yeah. and like comes to the window. Like she had over. to throw a whole pot plant, but you couldn't hear the screams. Oh like God. let's talk about Loomis for a second and how he doesn't want to alert the town that there I, is a psycho killer on the loose. Like red flag emoji. Yeah. Like it's obvious. Tell the authorities. Tell the government. Tell everyone. Totally. Like it's almost like he wanted to like have the glory of mm-hmm. finding Michael. Yeah, because he's like, he's not human. He's yeah. like, I don't know what he was saying. He's dark. He's like, yeah. It's but a, he's he, really dehumanized yeah. him. He's yeah. like the epitome of like pure evil, essentially, mm-hmm. is like what he makes him out to be. Yeah. But it's like... um, How are you telling the cop like not to tell... Not to tell yeah. the forces because it'll alert people. It's like, yes, people should be alerted to yeah. this. Like, and so what if they start dobbing in anyone who's in a janitor's outfit? Like, yeah. they need to be aware that it's happening. That's right. Yeah. So they can be like alerting on the ball. And not die. Like, and literally not die. Like cause I'm sure Michael Myers would have been found a lot sooner if the like. Alert- authorities if had the been authorities alerted. had been alerted. Meanwhile, yeah. he's standing, Loomis is standing outside of the Myers house. Being For like, a whole don't, night. Don't go in there to the children. <laughs> it's like, that's fine. 
what? Like, like you're a psychiatrist. You're an, you're an idiot. How are you standing outside the house in the bushes thinking that's the way to deter children from the house? Yeah. You're like, no, there's literally a psycho killer out there. He will kill you. He will. So go the fuck home. He will literally kill you in cold blood. Wild. Yeah. Don't go in there. Like, <laughs> what? Oh, my God. So stupid. And the sheriff as well for not actually like standing up to him. It's like, dude, you are literally the figure of authority here. You need yeah. to tell him. Not listen. That's not how we're handling the situation. Totally. It's insane. Maybe if it was Godzilla, fine. I would like understand a doctor being like, no, like this is how you deal with the situation. Yeah. Although I don't know why a doctor would be talking about Godzilla, but that's (laughs) not the point. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, anyway, you get my point. Yeah. Um, All right. So shall we talk a little bit about Michael Myers and going back to how we were talking about like mental illness Obviously, we're not experts here on mental no, illness, but no. I just wanted to talk about it because I was like, he's sick. He's clearly yeah. sick. I wonder what um, – there are a lot of conversations on like what kind of disorder he actually has. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people have said it's ASPD or antisocial personality disorder. Um, but there are other people who kind of lean more towards the fact that he's just a psychopath. I feel like film kind of there is this ongoing rhetoric in film where like the other is demonized. Mm -hmm. I know obviously different case, but like for a really long time in film, the villain has been depicted as like overtly effeminate, could be either A, a woman or B, a man that's effeminate because like femininity is often seen as like a fear like Like to people. For example, like gay men are always depicted as like quite effeminate in Mm -hmm. like movies, almost like homosexuality is a sin. You know what I mean? I guess this is like another iteration of that where like, you know, mental illness is still something that wasn't really understood in the seventies. People were very much scared of it. It was seen if you had someone that was mentally ill in the family as a flaw. Yeah, something you didn't talk about. Something you didn't talk about. Yeah. Like it was hush hush. Yeah. You kept it under the you kept it under the covers. Like you were not talking about it. So I do definitely think you see that in this movie. They shipped him off to a mental institution. Yeah. Yeah. At like six years old. Um and like there's really no you never really find out why he stabbed his sister. You just assume like People say it's because she was not paying attention to him. Yeah. So because she was, and then that sets him off on how he kills other people. It's because they're shirking responsibility. Yeah. So that's, and then he kind of relates to Tommy, mm-hmm. the little boy, because he gets bullied. And then um, Laurie. Because he sees him getting bullied in the. He sees him getting bullied. Yeah. That's also the per- first person that you see him actually actively stalk in the film. Yeah. And he, it's almost like he starts to identify with him. Yeah. And then Laurie dismisses his fears of the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. So then that sets Michael off. Yeah. Because he's kind of identified with Tommy. And then he sees Laurie as like, Laurie okay, well, the... I got to kill you. Yeah. Because you don't believe me. <laughs> and I'm Tommy. <laughs> um, oh my God, twisted. But yeah, it's interesting. And then I was going on to some like, I think fan pages and stuff to read more about Michael Myers. And there's yeah. there's actually so many psychological, uh, medical, not medical journals, but like papers written by I think university students um, yeah. or like people who are studying, talking about the psychology of Michael Myers. So there's such a cult following of the film. Like mm. people that 
love Halloween are like ride or die. There's, I didn't like really click into them because they looked really in depth and my brain was like, no, <laughs> not <Yeah>. today. Um, <laughs> I can't read something that's like X at all. It's like, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. I'm too cursed from university. I know, I'm looking like, at like the links to the pages and it's all like medical, like or psychology, psychology, like pages. I'm like, I'm not going in there. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting, like how much people want to delve into the psychology of that specific character. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there would be ones about um, what's his name, the Dark, not the Dark Knight. That's Batman. I'm um, probably once of talking about Batman, but also about the Joker as well. Yeah. Um, but it's. I guess we could also talk about the Joker and like how much they talk about mental illness in the 2018 film or 2019 film and compare it possibly to Halloween and how little it's actually spoken about. Given they are like 30, 40 years apart. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just interesting like how the conversation has has changed. has shifted so drastically, yeah. right? Um. Yeah. It's still a person who with a mental illness who's going around killing people. Totally. At least there's more of a conversation about what is going on with him. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's weird because with the Joker, they want him to be stopped, but they don't want him to be killed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But with like Michael Myers, it very much seems like a situation of like, they want him dead, yeah. you know? Stab him, um, shoot him. Yeah. He has survived it all. Mm-hmm. Honey, he has yeah, survived he, it he all. He's been burnt alive. Yeah. He's been shot. He's been stabbed. <laughs> like, what have you got to do? Like, you've literally got to chop him up to t- into tiny little pieces oh to get rid God. of him. He has to be like the one Burn killer him, that's the like, earth, yeah, <laughs> literally. Like, he has to be the one killer that's like survived it all. And I guess like it goes back to what you said, like where he's like, you essentially like, evil. no, you can't kill evil. Mm-hmm. Like evil's ever present. And like, it's everywhere you look, yeah. you know? So there is a novelization of Halloween of the original film mm-hmm. and it gives a little bit more detail into detail into Michael's schizophrenia. Okay. Explaining that he saw visions of a disabled Celtic child named Ender who murdered his crush after she refused to acknowledge him. So he, and then he also claims that he has heard voices that told him to hate people. Oh so I God. guess that kind of goes back to like how his sister Judith was ignoring him. So then he killed her. Um, so yeah, he's obviously clearly sick. Yeah, there's something <laughs> yeah. going on there. Yeah, but then we find out later on that Laurie, because you're like, why is he going after Laurie apart from the fact that, you know, she was Tommy's babysitter and then she kind of like dismissed his fears about the boogeyman. Yeah. She then, you then find out that she's his sister. Yes. Yeah. Far, far, far later. Further in the film. on, because they end, they end the film on just like he fell out of the window. They didn't find the body. Yeah. So he could be anywhere, which is like a really good way to. I like. They're in the like future iteration. You, yeah, yeah, like you know that there's going to be a sequel. Yeah, and let's just talk about the fact that there's literally twelve <laughs> Halloween. I, know, I was thinking, I didn't know how many there movies. were, but I was like. I wonder if I could watch some of them before we do the episode, and then I was like, like you would literally need to watch. I would need to. Like you would need weeks. Yeah. One little tidbit I love is the actual house, um, the Myers house, house, um, is a real house. Uh, It was so like to give context. The movie isn't shot in Illinois. It was shot in Pasadena, so South California. Okay. Um, Shout out to Tanache from Pasadena. (laughs) 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 Um, So it was shot in South Pasadena. And it was actually slated to be knocked down 
on the actual lot it was on. So it was on 709 Meriden Avenue um, and it got moved to, the whole house got located to 1000 Mission Street. I think it's so wild that Americans just like can move an entire house. They do that in like, the Like structurally. Though. Do they? Yeah, they didn't like in the Ronnie and Georgia season of the block where they literally oh. like moved 1920s and 19, like heritage homes yeah, to the block. Yeah, to the then, block. Yeah. And, and they, they fixed them. Yeah, yeah. They basically like knocked it down but like... I hate when they like keep the bones of the house and it's like yeah. literally just like the structural. It's like itself. a frame. Yeah, it's a frame. It's yeah. like, what was the point? Yeah. Like I mean, I guess that is, the the, I guess that is the saying, right? The like bones. The bones of yeah. the house, but whatever. Fun fact though, they've obviously moved it and saved it because of A, it's cinematic history and B, it dates back to 1888. Oh my God. So, so it's it like is, proper heritage list. Yeah. It's thought to be the oldest surviving residential structure in the city. Wow. So she old. Yeah. She old, it's old. An old house. And like you can kind of see it in the movie. I'm like, oh, she looks old. It's like, a very tired looking house. Yeah, it needs she good is. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be on the it's block. A, it's a fixer upper. Yeah, it's a fixer upper. Mm. The only house that I really, that actually still exists that I would actually really want to see is the Charmed House. Yeah. I've been to San Francisco so many times and I've never seen the Charmed House. So I've been and I didn't see the Charmed House either. What did I, I do? Know. I was with I family. went up that stupid windy street. What's it called? Same. Oh my God. I went up that stupid street as well. Cried probably. Which yeah. Was a big it was like. And then, and I said that I wanted to see the Charmed House, but I think that we just had too many other tours and family engagements booked in. That I we actually just like, don't know why I didn't see it. For some reason, I thought it might've been in California. Oh, it's in, not... oh, sorry. It's in Echo Park. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm like, I've been to San Francisco that many times. So I thought it was in San Francisco because obviously it's based in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, and then I got there and it wasn't. And I was like, oh, I'll see it when I went, when I go to LA. But then yeah. for some reason I forgot when I was doing like. I didn't know this. And I actually did like a house tour. Like me and my friend, like we had organized a house tour. So like went to the American Horror Story house. We went to like, you know, that really Wild. witchy house in LA. Um, it's like set. It looks like an actual witch's house. No. Okay. I'll need to show you a picture. Yes. Um, it's iconic. So we went there. We went to just like beautiful homes and we didn't wow. go to the Charmed House. Oh my God. I yeah. Know. I mean, I guess that explains why I never saw it in San Francisco because my parents were probably like. Because it ain't like, there. Yeah, it's not even here, sis. <laughs> Save your tears. Get a grip, sis. Yeah. Dead. Wow. Okay. Well, whenever I go to LA, I'm going to go to the Charmed House and take yeah. my photo and post it for the gram. Let's do it. LA trip. I love that one of the things when I look up Charmed House, the one of the next things that comes up is for sale. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> because people just want to buy it. Oh and my live god! In it. But the interiors aren't the same as what we see in Charmed. It's no exterior shots. Yeah, are, yeah. Um, I wonder yeah. what it looks like. I would love to see what it looks like interior. Inside. Yeah. yeah. How pissed would you be though? Like every five seconds, somebody's taking a photo outside your house. Totally. It'd be like um, Carrie's street Grey Gardens, and like you know yeah. what I mean. Like I just imagine there would be like a lot of people that would just be fanatics mm -hmm. and just coming to take photos and just coming outside. to take photos outside your house. Okay, and I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, that's it. We're done for this week. Interesting. Um, okay. So, warm and fuzzies out of 10. What do you give her? Um, five. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, oh, God, I know it's iconic and everything yeah. like that, but, like, I think I am so used to the modern things that we're watching now yeah. like modern horror stuff that we're watching like we watch squid game and mm -hmm. it's different it's a different type of horror yes but yeah i think i'm just a bit of a snob 
Okay. <laughs> See, I'm going to give it like a nine. Okay. I think they took lemons and like, I think made lemonade with what they have. Like they've made like an entire franchise. Yes. Just purely based off this one movie. They really like changed that genre, like the horror genre. I think it's like not been the same since. I think they just like executed everything so well. They propelled Jamie Lee Curtis's career, obviously, into like what she is today. Um, and yeah, the fact that the movie's like 12 sequels strong is like how, insane. Yeah, and how long lasting that movie franchise is. How long lasting and how like agile it's been. Yeah. Throughout. And how like, it does hold up. Totally. Yeah. The ever changing landscape of. Eh, I feel bad about the five, but I'm going to stick with okay, it. Okay, stick with it. Do you, boo? <laughs> but I just think like when I think about it, I'm just like, oh, there's so many iconic things that it's. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows Halloween. Yeah, everyone knows Halloween, like, without a doubt. Like, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It. It. Mm. Like, all these, like, iconic. Like, I feel like Halloween's, like, yeah, definitely the OG in that that genre. Very, very true. Which is why I give her a nine. Should we do this week's This or That? Yes, we shall. I this thoroughly is I'm enjoyed really this one. <laughs> yeah, this is probably my favourite, This or That. So this week's This or That was 2000s hits. So hits of the year 2000s. Top 100 hits. Um, I'm really There's excited. There's just so many. There's just so many iconic songs. When I was going through it, I was like, this could be like a 15 or 20 slide Easily, strong. easily. Like easily. And songs that I pretty much still listen to all the time. Totally. Like it was really hard for me to call this. Um, but let's crack into it. So the first one was Anastasia, I'm Out of Love. Versus Vanessa Amorossi, um, absolutely everybody. What did you vote for? I hated Vanessa Amorossi. So Dead. I loved both of these, but like I'm Out of Love is so iconic. I'm out of love. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so iconic. Just like the way, like her voice, her riffs that, are just like yeah. It's very Taylor Dane. It is. Yeah. It is like. Anastasia, where are you now? She really had like... She's a masked singer. Yeah, considering she was like a one-hit wonder. She's really like made... She's had a couple of hits. Mm. She had like a couple after this, but um, iconic. And I will say, guys, this was a really close poll. I'm Out of Love came in at 56% versus Absolutely Everybody at 44. I mean, Absolutely Everybody is such an iconic Australian song. Yeah. Um, I just didn't like it. It really like defined the year 2000, I think. So it's very iconic in its own way and I do love it as well. But for me, yeah, I'm out of love. I just like, I think of like the glasses, yes. the club. Oh, iconic. The yellow tinted, the yellow yeah, tinted the yellow glasses. Tinted glasses yeah. Iconic. And didn't she have like hectic abs as well? She did. Yeah. Anastasia was ripped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one was Music by Madonna versus Spinning Around by Kylie. I think I picked Kylie. You picked Kylie. Yeah. I picked Music by Madonna. Okay. I will say this is my favorite era of Madonna. <laughs> and this was a really hard decision. <laughs> like even making this, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to pick? Um, most people chose Spinning Around though by Kylie, which I also acknowledge as a very iconic song. Mm-hmm. But for me, like music is maybe one of my favorite Madonna songs after yeah. like Ray of Light and like, um, like I love the time goes by. So slowly. Um, um, I love that era as well. Like her kind of like 70s dance era. So like her cow, this is Cowboy Madonna, which yeah. I stand. Yeah. It's like Ray of Light music. Um, and then, yeah, she kind of moves into that dance. I think <laughs> 19, like 
98th to 2005 Madonna is my favourite Madonna favorite? and then after that I'm just like eh I don't know you anymore yeah I liked Frozen okay yeah. vibes yeah, yeah Frozen's like, also a bop yeah yeah um, fun fact you know I Swoon I Swoon um, Athena Calderon the no. designer okay um, she's like an amazing interior decorator, cook. She's written numerous books. Okay. Um, she has the most hectic Instagram account. Um, anyway, her husband, Victor Calderon, is a well-known DJ. Yeah. And he was Madonna's DJ in that era. So oh, my all God. So like hectic like remixes and beats and stuff. A lot of that is Victor Calderon. Oh, yeah. iconic. He deserves a medal. Yeah, amazing. Um, next is... Two bangers. The Thong Song and The Thong Song by Cisco and Fill Me In by Craig David. Oh, I had to be Craig David. Oh, me too. Yeah. Fill Me In, it's just like such a good song. Yeah. I mean, Thong Song is iconic. Also iconic. Yeah. Oh, this was so hard as well. So uh, hard. Oh but my God. both great songs. I just had like such a crush on Craig David. Craig David is an artist Vocally. that like we listen to in our house, like still to this day. Like, All the time. It's, it's, yeah. His music doesn't age. No. Yeah. It's still so like relevant yeah, in my mind. Yeah, it's so timeless. Now. Yeah. Like that type of R&B is so easy to listen to. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, it won't age. The late 90s and early 2000s, I was really on my UK singer shit, mm-hmm. you know? Like I was yeah. really into the UK singers, wasn't that much into the American space. And then I think like later in the thousands is when I really got into like, mm-hmm. you know, more okay. American-esque yeah. singers. I saw Craig David in concert. I've seen him in concert twice. Oh. But the most recent time that we saw him, I think, was in 2018 or yeah. 2019 when he came to Sydney. Okay. And yeah, still as amazing as ever. Like, vocals yeah. are sublime. I love it. So he can good. still turn out a show and, like, still get tickets, which 100% is great. because, like, his millennial fans are so diehard. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. They're ride or die. Um, the next one was... A bit of a Latin show off. It was Let's Get Loud versus She Bangs. I think I picked Let's Get Loud because I was more of a diehard J-Lo fan than Ricky same, Martin. Same, same. Yeah. Um, I did a dance in U6 to Let's Get Loud by Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. <laughs> and that, like, it's such an iconic song to me. Um, and that was 78% versus 22%. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I feel bad for Ricky. Poor Ricky. Um, I didn't really ever resonate with, with, with Ricky Martin. I feel bad. Like, I never was really super into him. I liked his song with Christina Aguilera. I can't remember the name now. Oh, yeah. I heard it, like, the other day on Instagram. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that is a banger that yeah. I've not heard in so yeah. long. Um, um, but that's probably the only Ricky Martin song that I'm, like, obsessed with. And it's because Christina Aguilera is in it. I mean, I had to listen to so much Ricky Martin because my mom was obsessed with him from Dead. back in his Menudo days. She yeah. was like, oh, my God, he's from Menudo. Like, he was, like, 10 when he was in that band. I loved him then. She literally had posters of him on the bedroom wall. Stop. Meanwhile, she's married to my dad. And my dad's, like, just sitting there copying it. How? <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's Hell. like, okay. He's like, okay, whatever. I'll do, I'll do what, it's fine. I'll do I'll whatever. I'll just still, I'll crush on Tia Leone. It's fine. Yeah. It's all good. I love it. Um, shout out to Tia. <laughs> shout out to Tia. Um, but yeah, like Ricky Martin, very iconic. One of my friends is friends with him, actually. And oh, like, my God. stayed at his house in L.A. So, yeah, like friends stop. with him and his husband. J-Lo, like 1998, yeah. would you say? Like yeah. on the six? Yeah, um, this is yeah. on the six vibes. Yeah, like... Yeah. Her best album. Yeah. One of her best albums. One of the best, yeah, for um, sure. Mandy Moore Candy versus Oops, I Did It Again by Britney. I had to pick Britney. I'm yeah. on Britney's stand, but I loved I loved that Mandy Candy Moore album. Candy is such so good. a bop. Yeah. Yeah. I believe I picked Candy. I could be oh. wrong. I think I picked Candy, but My I God. could be wrong. Um, let me 
trippy chair. So much um, ad placement in that No, video. I picked Oops, I did it again. Yeah. You of can't, course I did. Britney. Yeah. It's um, Britney, bitch. There's so much ad placement in the video for Candy, though. Yeah. Like with those headphones from Sony, mm-hmm. the Discman. Yeah. Like, ugh. Love it's it. iconic. It's so, it's so, it's so Y2K. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oops, I did it again was obviously like such a pivotal point for, it was like such a pivotal turning point for Britney Spears' second career. album. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, she's here. She's not fussing around. No. She's not a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Iconic. Um, I always think of like the red. The red cat suit. <laughs> oh. mm. So good. And then that hair with like the icy blue, is she wearing like icy blue, like kind of makeup, very yeah. frosted. Love it. Frosted. Love. Um, one of my favourite 90s and early 2000s singers, Christina Aguilera, Come On Over Baby versus Jessica Simpson, I Want to Love You Forever. Um, I think I picked Christina Aguilera. Same. Yeah. I was, I know it was such a thing to be like a Britney or Christina stan. Mm-hmm. I was definitely a Christina stan, I'm not going to lie. Um, Dirty just really did it for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dirty. Dirty. and Come On Over Baby is such a Iconic, bop. yeah. Like, and What A Girl Wants. What A Girl like Wants, Genie In A Bottle. Emotions. Like, yeah. Like, oh. Um, obviously Britney as well, but to me, I resonate more and I think it, just who I am musically. Like I enjoy like powerhouse singers. Yeah. It would like be the I love yeah. a queen that can just belt out like Mariah, Christina, Whitney. Like I love those gals. Mm. So I just resonate more with I, I do too, Christina. but I love Britney. Same. She just like hit me at a, at, a, at the yeah. perfect moment. I'm also proud of Christina Aguilera. Like the career she's crafted for mm. herself. Yeah. Not to like get like really deep, but like I just think, yeah, I think she's done like a great job of like making her own space in, in the music industry and like also doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks yeah. and like just does her own thing, which I love. Um, Jessica Simpson. I love Jessica Simpson in Newlyweds Era. Um, I want to hear like... Um, in This Skin. That was one of my favorites. With you. Yeah, with you. Yeah, with and you. And then there's another one called In This. I think the album was called In This Skin. In This Skin. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, but With You is like a banger. With You's a so banger. Good. I also love like when she sung These Boots Are Made For Walking and like redid it. Mm. But. Um, what about the video of her singing live with Jewel? She's singing that song, Who Will Save Your Soul? And she fucking butchers it. Oh. And Jewel is singing with her and looking at her like... Are you okay? Jewel is iconic. Who Will Save Your Soul is probably my favourite Jewel song. Who will save Yes. She's um, got such a great voice. Oh. That was like the 90s era of like weird like country girls going like pop. Like Alanis Morissette also yeah, has like. Very, um, what's that festival? Um, not Lollapalooza. Uh, what was that female festival? I don't know. I was going to say Coachella. Not Coachella, something else. I don't know. I'll think yeah. of it later. Um, but yeah, like that era of Jessica Simpson, she wasn't a big hit maker just yet. No. For me, my favorite era of hers is when she was married to Nick Lachey. Yeah. Yeah, she was killing it. It was like the first reality show. Like, new, I could talk about. I would, we could have a whole season dedicated to my love Newly for newlyweds. Like, you love newlyweds, love it. Which I love, but I wasn't like obsessed with it. I could. Wa- I can watch reruns on YouTube. I definitely I had a crush do. on Nick Lachey, like back in the day. <laughs> I love Ninety Eight Degrees. Yeah. No crushes, but just like love their songs. So Iconic. Good. Um, next one. This was really hard for me <laughs> as well. This is like old pop girls. So you had. Ex-Girlfriend by No Doubt versus Most Girls by Pink. Oh, Pink. And that is my favourite album of hers, which oh, I know iconic. that she does not like because yeah. it was like, you know. It was very like poppy and like. And it was a very like white girl singing R&B. Yeah. And, that's, and she was signed to LaFace. But it's a LaFace. great song. And yeah, and she was signed to LaFace Records. So that yeah. was like the vein she had to go in. But it's like that 
album is so fucking good and I still listen to it now. I would say this is like the only era of pink I can probably listen to. I can't like, listen to anything else. I can't else. listen to the newer like, stuff because I'm like, oh, mum, yeah. mum. Like I think of my mother. Exactly. You know? I'm like, All oh, the new gross. stuff I can't listen to, yeah. misunderstood, like yeah. didn't really like it. It's like it's that album, her first one, that's yeah. 100%. Family Portrait. I could cry over that song. Mm -hmm. Like, she's sad. But I did vote for ex-girlfriend in this song because I just, I love. I mean, No Doubt, you know. Uh, no Doubt was yeah. just like so iconic to me. I was obsessed with No Doubt. I was obsessed with Gwen Stefani. Um, I don't appreciate the fact that like she culturally appropriated the Japanese culture. But I was literally about to say though, but that's so, my favourite There's so album many bops and lamb. Yeah, I know. Like, lamb uh, is like my favourite album. It's funny, me and my friend Erin, who... Like, not that it matters, but she's half Japanese. Okay. Um, we always talk about it and we're just like, she, she always tells me, she's like, I'm so conflicted because like, obviously being Japanese, like it's offensive. Like yeah. it's, it's offensive. And like, there was apparently clauses in like the Japanese, like girls, Love Angel Music Baby, yeah. whatever their names are, who knows, um, that like they couldn't speak English in public, apparently. Oh, they had to just keep, they oh had to speak Japanese God, only. That is insane. They could only speak Japanese in public, but. But it's a bloody good album. Oh, such a good it's album. So good. Such a good album. I hate -A -A it. NAS. Oh, oh iconic. Um, yeah, so I voted ex girlfriend, and the split he was like most girls got 61%. Fair. Okay, um, ex girlfriend 39 But most girls, this was really hard for me. I do wonder every now and then, like, if people love that album of Pink as much as I do. Yeah. Maybe I'll ask that on because on Spotify, when you upload an, um, an episode, you can ask the audience a question. <laughs> Cute. Maybe that's going to be one of the questions, guys. So if you yeah. love, let me know if you appreciate that album of Pink's the most or like which is your favourite. Mm -hmm. mm. Pink's just like very mumsy to me now. Now she is. Like yeah. I can't listen to But like to back it. then she was like really troubled like girl but hectic yeah. dancer, like yeah. just really talented, a lot of like angst and... I yeah. think the last song I liked of Pink's was that one where it's like, I'm not here for your entertainment. Oh, you don't okay, really yeah, want to yeah. mess. Yeah, that one. That's probably the last one I can think of that like I enjoyed. The rest is all just like, oh, like Dear Mr. President and stuff. I'm just like, oh. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we Pink. were watching yeah. her documentary on Amazon. Oh, random. Uh, yeah, because we like we've been watching a lot of like musician ones, mm -hmm. and uh, we watched that one, and Den just like tuned out straight away. He was like, "It's so mum, like it's all about her being a parent." Yeah. And meanwhile, me with my ovaries, I'm like, "This is wonderful," <laughs> but he's like, "I'm not watching this." Dead. <laughs> Next one is S Club Party by S Club Seven, obviously, or Poison by Bardo. I think you and I both picked Poison, and I was like, "Oh, we're both the minority." Because like I think. You watched Bardot's journey on pop stars. Yeah. Like that's We it. both picked Poison. Okay. So. What was the split here? Uh, <laughs> it was quite a staggering split. 98%. So, no, no, no. So 67% picked S Club Party and 33% picked Poison. Wow. I think I was really dedicated to the journey of Bardot. And yeah. like this album art alone made me choose it. Like they look <laughs> iconic. Like they all look stunning. So good. Like they're in like. Leather slash pleather, yeah, tight, like tight yeah. clothing, most very of them. 2000s very 2000s hairstyles. Very 2000s hairstyles, Spiky, yeah. 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 Metallics. I'm obsessed. Mm. Um, and obviously like S Club Party's a bop, but. Yeah, loved them. Yeah. But I think I was just more committed to. Poison's just like a little bit more sultry and like vibes. The next one was So Blue, Dabba D, or Friends Forever by Vitamin C. I voted for Friends Forever just because like, uh. I think it's I picked blue. Really? Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, because Friends Forever, yes, was extremely popular. It was like maybe my year six 
graduation song. Yeah. It <laughs> was my a, it was my year twelve. Like yeah. with like I think every year twelve graduation yeah. ceremony yeah. has had you know. I think my brother was in year 10 or something. And so that was his, I'm thinking about like when it aired and that's when it was popular. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, it would have been like my year six graduation song or something. Damn. But I liked her song, The Itch. Yeah. I still listen to it now. Okay. Don't know it. Okay. I'll send it to you. Yeah. It's really, I'd like it's, to listen to it's it. It's really good. It's R&B vibes. Because really that, this is like the only vitamin C song I know. You need to listen to that and then like follow it with Holla, Spice Girls. Yeah. Love yeah. Holla. Shout out to vitamin C, the ingredient. Iconic. So many antioxidants. <laughs> so many antioxidants. Honey, Quality we love production. it. Yeah. Thank you for scavenging those free rifles for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for boosting the effects of my SPF. <laughs> but the next one is Gotta Tell You by Samantha Mumba and I Try by Macy Gray. I'm going to say something. Whoever voted for I Try by Macy Gray, you're dead to me. Because Samantha Mumba, Gotta Tell You, is such a bop. I'm and I always think d- of gonna her. Gonna die then? Yeah, you are. <laughs> I need a new co-host. Um, no, I just think like I think of Samantha Mumba and like the film clip of her like just like walking. Walking. Oh, mm-hmm. Iconic, iconic. I, I loved this song In that outfit so as much. Well. Yeah. yeah, and this, like Samantha Mumba's definitely like a one-hit wonder. I can't really yeah. think of anything else after this that she did that was like of merit. Um, but the way like this affected me and like I was done with all men at nine years old. <laughs> I loved it. Like, and I try is obviously, I just can't stand I Macy Gray's say goodbye and that joke. Like her like raspy away. voice. Yeah. She's in Training Day, isn't she? Is, is she? Is that the movie that she's in? I don't know. The next one is, and this was really hard for me as well. Mary Mary Shackles or um, Destiny's Child, say my name. Oh, I said Destiny's Child. Same. Sure. But Even though was, I listen to both religiously. Yeah, I love them. Mm. Um, I just think, once again, visually, Say My Name was, like, so iconic. The moving, um, oh, the yeah, panning yeah, yeah. studio of, like, the mm-hmm. girls kind of moving through each all set. All the different coloured All the different, yeah, all the different yeah, yeah. coloured sets. I'm just like, oh, it's visually, like, appetising. Say My Name is obviously a bop. I will say, though, I much prefer Jumpin' Jumpin' as a song than Say My Name. Next one is NSYNC Bye 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 or Backstreet Boy Shape of My Heart. Um, I picked NSYNC Same. only because Shape of My Heart is not as it's not as long as you love me. It's no. not Backstreet's Back. It's not like it's not even Hey Mr. DJ. Like Shape of My Heart is so like further on. Like it's yeah. Yeah. They're older, they're more mature, some of them are married. It's yeah. like less interesting. It's less interesting. It's this a great is, song though. They're like almost borderline on the way out at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean they're still around, but yeah. that album, Black and Blue, is not as popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked Bye 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 as well. Like yeah. it's because iconic. this is when NSYNC was really they had like, you know, they were kicking off. won their lawsuit. They either won their lawsuit or they dropped their suit against Lou Pearlman. You need to watch the documentary. Yes, I need to. I need to. Um, Because Bye 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 is actually about Lou Pearlman. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And it's like this whole time you think it's about a chick, but it's actually about... It's actually about their shitty manager. Their shitty manager who was ripping them off. So the next one is by Boom Funk MC. Freestyler. Bomb Funk. Bomb Funk. Boom Funk. Boom Funk. Boom Funk MC. Um, Bomb Funk MC. Freestyler. Rock a microphone, dun, dun. Um, or Mel C, I turn to you. What one did you vote for? I'm I assuming freestyle. Can't remember. I might have been freestyle. Um, let's have a look. 
see or I can't see it, but it was like 41 to 59%. It was Freestyler. Yeah. I voted um, for I Turn To You because I just think that's such an iconic song. It was a great song. Um, I think of the Hex Hector remix where it's like, I turn to you and it's like, do, 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 do. Oh and God. it's like really like hectic. <laughs> I listened to that when we I- We can that's have a little dance party yeah. when I'm free, the two of us. Yeah. Just sit there listening to Mel C <laughs> remixes and I love Victor Calderon. Yeah. <laughs> Madonna. Um, I think I would have picked Freestyler because um, it's such a break dancing song. Yeah. And not that I'm a break dancer, but my brother was. Okay. Um, he's a B-boy. And yes, yeah, so my brother used to listen to it non-fucking-stop. Yeah. So it just, it's burned into my brain. My oldest brother, Adam, used to listen to that a lot. And you know that song, Totally Addicted to Bass, mm-hmm. dun, dun, dun. Oh, wow, 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 wow. I always think of those when I think of my brother, Adam. It's yeah. Freestyler and that song. Yeah. Um, that's it, guys. That was such a fun this, this or that. that. That was fun. Like maybe Enjoy my, that. I think we're just going to have to keep doing like greatest hits of like yep. 1995, yep. like 1996. Because we're like kind of running out of things to this or that yeah. about. But yeah. like we yeah. could just do each era. If you have any suggestions for this or that, shoot them my way. <laughs> I just thought of a cool one. <laughs> Cute. Yep. Let's talk about it after. Amazing. Um, okay. That's it for this episode, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Um... As we say every week, we would love a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. So if you could give us one, we would really appreciate it. It helps other people find our podcast. And it helps us grow. It helps us grow. Yeah. yeah. Um, we would love your support there. As well as that, you can follow us on Instagram, um, warm and fuzzy underscore podcast. That is where we do our weekly polls. We post some cute content. Um, and yeah. You can also find us on our individual Instagrams at Amelia Singson and at Shanino underscore. Please leave us a voice message on Anchor if you use that app. Um, I'm going to try and think of some fun questions to put onto the Spotify episode. So if you are using that app, make sure you engage because it's just fun for us to see. Um, Also, we're thinking of like starting a TikTok. Let us know your thoughts on that. Yeah. Let us know if you think a TikTok is a thing we should do. Yeah. Let us know on Instagram. Because we're we're also going to be able to see each other. So (gasps) freedom. we can actually record things if we want to record things. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. My thing, my theme song for freedom is going to be George Michael Freedom. Love that. Yep. Freedom. I won't let you down. Um, okay, <laughs> anyway, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you in another episode next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.